Welcome to the Lyme 360 podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama 5, founder of Lyme 360 and a fellow Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to learn about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Hi, welcome back to Lime 360. This is your host, Mimi McLean. And today we have on Lindsay Christensen, and we are going to be talking about nutrition and Lyme, which is probably one of the most important parts of healing journey, using medicine for your healing. Lindsay is a functional nutritionist and has a bachelor's degree in biomedical science and master's of science in human nutrition. She specializes in providing functional nutritional care for individuals with Lyme disease and other vector-borne infections. After going through her own journey with Lyme disease as a young adult, Lindsay learned just how powerful and effective nutrition can have on the healing process. And she is passionate about using nutrition to support recovery in her clients. Lindsay is the author of the Lyme disease 30-day meal plan and works with clients one-on-one in her private practice, Ascent to Health. If you have not subscribed to Lime360, please go to lime360.com to get onto our newsletter. And also please hit subscribe to this. This will really help us out. And while you're at lime360.com, there's a great shopping page of products that I have used and vetted, and it will help us fund this Lime360 podcast. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk to you about nutrition and Lyme because I think those go hand in hand and it takes, I think, a while for many of us to get that correlation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even me, like I went to Institute of Integrative Nutrition before I had Lyme and it still took me a while like to really have it sink in. And I think the hardest part, you having had Lyme, you you understand, you can relate, where when you don't feel well, the last thing you want to do is like juice. Like <laughs> <laughs> all you want is something to make you feel better. Like a warm cookie mm-hmm. <laughs> or something, yeah. a piece of pizza or everything that you're not supposed to have. And there's nothing worse than like eating everything you're supposed to have and still not feeling better. And you're like, oh, when is this going to end? So I'm, I'm excited to dive in and talk about that. So maybe we'll just first start about like your journey. And I assume your journey led to what you're doing now. It sure did. Yeah. And well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. And yes, I was led into the work I do now through my own experience with Lyme. So I can give kind of like the brief background, I suppose, if that's kind of... Yeah, give us a brief background so that we can focus more on like what you're offering and how you're helping people. Sure. Yeah. So I first uh, became sick with Lyme back in my late teens. So pretty early on. It took a long time for me to get diagnosed. It took about four, almost five years. So I really struggled throughout college. You know, had to withdraw from college many, many times just due to all the symptoms being so overwhelming. I went to college already interested in healthcare. So I was initially on a track to become a physical therapist, actually. Um, So I was already really interested and, and pretty passionate about health. But my journey kind of made me take a detour, a couple of detours down a different road. You know, as far as briefly, some of the the symptoms I really struggled with were actually a lot of the mental health types of Mm -hmm. issues. So really severe depression, um, really severe fatigue, 
um, some anxiety. I feel like that affects the teenagers almost more than the adults. Mm, Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. It it just felt like there was no control over what was going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. Very scary. Very hard too when you're trying to deal with the other stressors of college. So it was a really challenging time. And I, um, and I work with some clients now who are in that stage of life and dealing with Lyme. And I just have so much empathy for what they're going through because I've been in the, the thick of it too. So the mental health stuff was really significant. Like I said, the fatigue was huge. And then I actually had really severe gastrointestinal problems as well, which actually was what initially led me into nutrition and trying to figure out what the heck could I do with my food just to try to get my my gut functioning even slightly better. So that's what initially led me into kind of more of the functional medicine space and, and nutrition. What do you think ultimately helped you get better? Was it just the nutrition or what other treatments did you do? Oh man, no, it was, it was a lot of things. And yeah. I always, I'm totally clear about that always. Like nutrition... Wasn't the only thing. Yeah, it was, it's been huge. It's been foundational. Well, like I said, you know, it took me a long time to get diagnosed. So when I finally was, I did go the antibiotic route initially and actually really struggled with that just because my gut was already kind of a disaster. So after that, I really went like the total other end of the spectrum with a lot of alternative things. So I did all the herbal things, you know, IV therapies energy healing, all the gut protocols, really tried everything. Something ultimately, it's like a something I won't get into, but like mold ended up being something that I needed to. Yeah. Mold and parasites. I tell people, if you're not getting better after doing all this treatment, you got to make sure you don't have any mold or parasite. Yeah. So I actually ended up um, taking a break from Lyme treatment for a bit to do the mold treatment that had a huge positive impact. And then really, once I got back into Lyme treatment, for me, for my body, herbal therapies, mm-hmm. I don't know if we can name anything, I guess <laughs> I won't name like the protocol, but the, one of the herbal protocols for Lyme has been really transformative for me once I was able to get yep. the nutrition figured out, get my gut a bit better and address some of the mold. Yeah. And I do feel like a common link between no matter who you talk to and what treatment they did is the gut health mm-hmm. and food. I mean, I don't know many people that got better on their own without dealing with gut health and changing their diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it makes so much sense once you think about it. It's like, you know, the foods we eat have such a profound impact on our gut health amongst other things, but it's pretty, pretty crucial. You were the author of the book, The Lyme Disease 30-Day Meal Plan, where you focus on Lyme disease and nutrition and what you should be eating. Do you mind talking about that. I mean, I know, you know, some people are vegetarian, some people are this or that, you know, like, or eat for your blood type or, but I do think there is a common like anti-inflammatory, anti-parasitic viral kind of eating that we all need to do. So if you could shed some light into that. Yeah. Yeah. So the foundational premise of the book is that an anti-inflammatory diet is really essential and helpful for healing from Lyme. So um, some of the key principles that I wove into the book, it's, it's gluten-free and dairy-free, just because I find with my most of my clients, those two food groups are, are common inflammatory triggers for many, many people, especially if there's already some gut issues going on. So those are the two big eliminations. But really my 
my goal with the book was also to focus heavily on here's all the things you can't eat. So we're not just focusing on avoidance. We're trying to really emphasize, I'm trying to emphasize in the book, anti-inflammatory foods, nutrient density, eating balanced meals so that we're supporting our, our blood sugar control and our energy throughout the day. So I really tried to place a lot of emphasis on that in the book and with the recipes, as well as simplicity too, as you alluded mm-hmm. to at the beginning, you know, we're already tired, overwhelmed, not feeling great for in the thick of our our Lyme treatment. And oftentimes you don't really feel motivated to make something super complicated. So I really tried to emphasize simplicity there as well and make it feel doable for people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is what I struggle with. I mean, I have a, um, a son who's in college who has Lyme. And, you know, when you're in college, like you were, and I actually did an Instagram live with somebody who, who found out he was, you know, had Lyme in college it's really hard to change your diet and give up, you know, everything that every other college student is eating. And then on top of it, like stop drinking beer (laughs) or drinking in general. Right. So it's like, it is so hard. So I would love, cause you said you, you're working with somebody who, who are our college students. Like, what do you tell them? We do a lot of planning ahead and a lot of creative brainstorming around how can they navigate food in this complex social situation that is college. So oftentimes with my clients who are college students are strategizing, like what can you keep in your dorm room that you can grab and go between classes? You know, what options at, I don't know if they refer to it as the cafeteria or like the the food court, (laughs) you know, what can you pick there that would be slightly more optimal? And when you're going out to eat, when you're going to parties, when you are with friends, how can you kind of plan ahead for those situations so that you can enjoy yourself without having to recover for the next week? I know, right? After those indulgences. And everybody has slightly different thresholds, you know, as far as what they're able to tolerate. But we do a lot of kind of outside the box thinking, how can they troubleshoot their unique situation? But it's tricky and it, it requires kind of getting our priorities in, in line too, which it can be a tough pill to swallow, so to speak, but it's something worth considering. So yeah, it's tricky. And what is your take on like intermittent fasting? I think it can be really, really helpful. It actually was really helpful for me in my own journey of trying to get mast cell issues under control, actually, in particular. You know, we know that intermittent fasting turns on different anti-inflammatory pathways in our bodies and chronic Lyme being essentially a chronic inflammatory condition, I I find it can really benefit or people can really benefit from intermittent fasting, but um, it's also possible to overdo it, I found as well. So it really seems to depend on the individual, kind of their body type, what they're able to tolerate as far as like length of fasting goes. But yeah, what do you usually recommend as far as length? Is it, you know, like 18 hours, 16 hours, or is it only once, like for 24 hours, once a week, or I don't, you know, like I've read different versions. Yeah. I usually recommend aiming for the same length of time 
overnight almost every night. So 13 or 14 hours, which may be shorter than what you've heard before, but that's actually what I tend to recommend as a baseline, especially for my clients who are on the leaner side and we're, you know, we're trying to get enough food into their bodies during the day. So 13 to 14 hours can be really good. The reason I recommend consistency there is there's actually some more recent research on fasting that shows Consistency may really be key because intermittent fasting influences our circadian rhythms. And when we're consistent with fasting rather than like doing 12 hours one day, 16 hours the next, that consistency can kind of help tune our bodies, so to speak, for like better energy, better digestion, better blood sugar control. So that's what I tend to recommend it. At the moment, though, I do have some people who are fasting a bit longer than that. Okay, good. Now, in addition to your book, you offer one-on-one services or do you have group sessions or courses or anything like that? Or is is it a private just one-on-one at this point? So right now I'm one-on-one. I have um, a meal plan subscription service as well for people who maybe aren't able to work with me one-on-one where they get a different meal plan every, every month for a year. And I also shortly will have a kind of self-paced course available for the general public as well called Lyme Nutrition Foundations. That's going to get into here's the foundational nutritional things that you should be working on or have in mind to really support your recovery process. So that is pending um, probably in like the next month that'll be that'll be available but um, the subscription meal plan service and then one-on-one are my main offerings at this moment in time. That's great. So what else would you like if you had somebody come to you and said I just got diagnosed like where do they start? Like, would you, in addition to you, do you also send them to a Lyme literate doctor? Are you kind of all encompassing or what's like the or things that they can do from home, just kind of mm-hmm. options that are available to them? Yeah. So I would say I usually prefer to have my clients working with a Lyme literate doctor at the same time that we are working together, just because in many cases, the severity of what they're experiencing, I think requires a team approach. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who become Clients of mine are already working with a line literate provider, but usually the nutrition piece is like not a part of what they're they're doing, which is why they're working with me as well. So there is that. I do a lot of support around lifestyle, detox support, optimizing sleep. So there's a, a, a lot of things that I'm discussing with clients beyond just nutrition. There's what you should eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to disentangle nutrition and lifestyle so closely connected. So it is. And, and those are the major things. I feel like, you know, I always tell people go back to the basics. Like, are you sleeping? Are you pooping? Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating enough? Mm-hmm. You know, like the basic, if those aren't working, you're not going to get better. Yeah. And I would even argue, and this is like not kosher for a nutritionist to say, but like sometimes if sleep is really off, that can even be a limiting factor for getting nutrition in line because when we don't have quality sleep, our cognitive control over the choices we're making with food significantly declines. Like we know, we probably know that from personal experience, but we know that too from research. So I do a lot of work with sleep actually just It's amazing though, because it's like, if you're, I could feel really good. And then all of a sudden I have one bad night of sleep 
And the next day, like all my symptoms flare up and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, are my symptoms just because of lack of sleep or is it the lack of sleep causing my symptoms to flare, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how bad you feel after... I mean, you just feel so hungover. At least I do. I feel like I've been hit by a truck and I'm hungover. And it was just because I only got four hours of sleep. Yeah. I think sleep is really medicine for for Lyme patients. I think it's so crucial. Um, So I do a lot of talking about, you know, the basics like sleep hygiene, but also troubleshooting. Sometimes there are different nutritional things we can toggle to improve sleep beyond the sleep hygiene piece. I do use supplementation strategies in my practice and things as well. Yeah, I have some good supplements that I use, which has been good. And is there anything that we haven't covered that you think would be important to talk about as far as Lyme in your practice? Yeah, I mean, I think briefly just explaining maybe a little bit about the why behind nutrition and Mm -hmm. like, why does it matter? In your Lyme recovery, I think we all kind of think about, oh yeah, nutrition matters for our health, but sometimes clients come to me like they're interested, but they don't exactly know what they're going to get out of it. So I guess what I would say, like, why is nutrition important for Lyme recovery? For one, frankly, we just need certain nutrients to support our immune function, plain and simple. Like those nutrients aren't coming from the ether. So a lot of people I see... um, frankly, are malnourished for various reasons, whether they're coming from more of a standard American diet that's highly processed and nutrient depleted. We know from research, like your immune system doesn't function great on that type of of diet. Other people may be coming more from like a restricted food background where they're very limited as far as their food options go. They're underweight or have gut issues or have been so nauseous from Lyme that they're undernourished. So getting... um, food into the system that's going to support immune function is really crucial. And then I would also say nutrition has a really, a really profound impact on inflammation. And like, I think I touched on this a few minutes ago briefly, but chronic Lyme in many ways is a chronic inflammatory condition and the foods we choose to eat and the foods we don't eat will really modulate that situation. So that's why anti-inflammatory diet can be so useful. And then I would also say with all the different body systems that can be impacted by Lyme disease, most of those body systems are also going to be influenced by the foods we eat. So our cognitive function, mental health, you know, for me, um, once I improved my nutrition, it really helped me with some of those mental health symptoms that I was experiencing from Lyme the hormonal imbalances, the fatigue, all of those manifestations of Lyme you know, coming from dysfunction in the different body systems, even if they can't be totally reversed by nutrition, in many ways, the symptoms can be reduced by really focusing on, on nutrition. So, you know, it's a bit long-winded, but a little bit of the, the why behind, you know, why even care about food in this case. Yeah, well, you while you were talking, it made me think of um, like minerals. I don't feel like people talk about minerals enough, like supplementing with minerals, like in your water. I think I was like four years into it when someone finally told me that. And I was like, what? Like, why didn't... And I started taking minerals, like putting drops in my water in the morning. And that was like a game changer. I didn't realize that like our body is depleted of so many minerals from the lime. 
And a lot of the symptoms are because your body is depleted from the minerals. Mm-hmm. And once you replace them, it's all of a sudden like your brain fog goes, you have a little bit more energy. Some of your symptoms go away. And you're like, wait, why didn't anybody ever tell me this? Like, why did it take four years for someone to be like, hey, are you taking minerals? Do you recommend them to your clients? Definitely. Yes. And usually we're starting with whole food sources and then something even like concentrates minerals that can, the drops that can be added into water can be really helpful. You know, our our food supply, even good, you know, organic produce these days, it's just frankly lower in minerals and lower in other nutrients now compared to even a few decades ago. So and on top of that, a chronic stress response like we're dealing with in Lyme will really like chew up your minerals, especially magnesium, zinc, copper, things like that. So really trying to focus on mineral-rich foods, which also tend to be a lot of the anti-inflammatory ones. So your leafy greens, your, your vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds. I talk a lot about bone broth as well, you know, that being a good, a good mineral-rich food pastured or organic dairy products for people who can tolerate them can actually be a good source of many minerals. So it just depends on the individual, but you're right. Yeah. I think minerals are often um, kind of lost in the, in the discussion and can really make a huge positive impact when we start to replenish them. That's great. So it sounds like your meal plan, like subscription, which is on your website would be helpful to a lot of people because it takes the thinking out of planning your healthy meal for Lyme. And then just to reiterate, the Lyme disease 30-day meal plan book would also be helpful. But this has been great. And I I do feel like I struggle with this part, just finding things to eat because we always grab whatever's like right there. And so being prepared and organized about it. And it seems like that's what you help people with and kind of give them the direction of what they should be doing. Yeah. So, okay. So your website is ascenttohealth.com. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's Ascent to Health with a number two on <laughs> place of the word two. Yeah. You got it. Mm-hmm. The link will also be below in the notes. So, um, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Lindsay. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on, and I am so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to lime360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme 360 Warriors on Facebook and let's heal together. Thank you.